the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we continue in our special New Year's series entitled The Fullness of Faith. In this series, we're focusing on the process of our faith, which says that the right things done for the right reasons with the right heart will accomplish the will of God. In the first show of the series, we said that the process of Christianity has three parts, which Jesus outlined when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So part one is to love God, part two is to love your neighbor, and part three is to love yourself. And last week we talked with Pastor Aaron, God bless him, he just can't be kept down. Uh, He is a man who loves God, and we had an awesome show about uh, truly bringing our heart to that. And we decided to reorder things in the last week Uh, Rather than have part two as love your neighbor, we decided we would have part two as love yourself. And it's not that we're trying to rewrite Scripture, but to help our understanding, we decided this would be uh, very beneficial. Our thinking was that part two as love yourself comes from the idea that our relationship with Christ comes first, and that's what helps us to love our neighbor Uh, Something Christy and I say to each other from time to time is, you can't give away what you don't have. And so it's when he fills us up and our cup overflows onto those around us that we truly can love our neighbor in the fullness of a healthy self-love. And here's an important point. When we say that we must love ourselves, it's not in some worldly sense. It's not kumbaya wearing sandals, bubble baths, candles, massages. It's about bringing ourselves to the feet of Christ in true humility, asking him to forgive our sins and to restore us, to strengthen us, and to prepare us so that we can do his will, and that is to go and make disciples of all nations. 
So loving ourselves has a lot to do with seeing ourselves as God sees us. And today, Christy is going to bring her coaching experience to bear on this conversation in talking about the elements of this process as God lifts us up, cleans us up, clothes us in his righteousness, and sends us into the world that we may let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to God in heaven. So on today's show, she's my wingman and my guest. And I'm so glad to be both. That's a lot. (laughs) And friends, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Today, I'm going to ask that we pray the Lord's Prayer together because Jesus said, this is how you pray. And if you think about these words, it has a lot to do with adjusting our view of ourselves so that we can bring our very best to those around us. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So, as Christians, we can trust that if we dedicate ourselves to that which Jesus has shown us, God will achieve the outcomes he desires through us, and we will have the things of his kingdom here on earth. The main point of this entire series is that we involve ourselves in the process and we trust the outcomes to God. So, this process begins as Jesus lifts us up, cleans us up, and clothes us in his righteousness. Something that occurs to me in this process is that a lot of us struggle with healthy self-love. And I'm quite sure that's the work of the devil because we can't give away what we don't have. So, if the devil limits what we have, he limits what we can give away. But Christy, What I would ask you as a coach is, why is self-love so difficult? Well, that's a big question, and I think there could be a lot of different answers. Um, One of the things that comes to mind first is that we're terrified of letting go of self, of letting someone else maybe have control of us. Uh, We can dissect that a little bit more. Also, we live in such a quick fix world. We really don't want to take the time to investigate anything. We just want, we want things to be better. And then I think most of all is we're, we're listening to the wrong messages. That to include what's going on in our head. <laughs> wow. Uh, brilliant points. And something that jumped out at me is something you've often said. You got to do the work. Yeah. Got to do the work. And you're right. That's so interesting. In this quick fix world, people often don't want to do the work. It's it's hard. And uh, we don't want to peel back those layers because then we have to go to some hard places. Um, I spoke this past week to an awesome group of men at the men's group at the Light Community Fellowship, Pastor Ron and Pastor Ava, who were gracious to let me speak to the group. 
And I talked a little bit about one of my deployments to Afghanistan. And to be quite honest, in preparation for that, it was hard work to peel back some of those things and think about things I hadn't thought of in a long time. So I get that it's hard work. Yeah. And so really what we're all talking about is the third thing I said is we're listening to the wrong messages. We're saying think, but we're listening as we think. The brain is very powerful. You might have heard the thing, whether I think I can or I think I can't, you're right. And so we tell ourselves stories often, even the story of, uh, I can't do this. This is hard. Well, I would say, okay, yeah, you could tell yourself one story that change is hard and, um, uh, changing my thinking is hard, but you could also say it, it could be hard, but it also could be easy. And it's in, it's in how we think about that. Our brains are, I love to talk about the brain and psychology and the mind because it's so very powerful. If we're feeding these can't messages into the brain of I can't be loved, I'm not loved, we can easily change even that language and our language and our thinking to I am loved. But most of all, we're getting our messages from the secular world, not from the one true source of truth. You just actually introduced a whole nother point, which is that idea that I'm not worthy of love. So we know that scripture says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it too well. So in the absence of the mind, our soul and our heart knows that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We know our creator. And we have a need inside us to connect with our creator. Right. And then you get the mind involved. And all the messages from the world and the devil's efforts to say, you're only as good as your last mistake. Think about all these things you've done. Here's the guilt. Here's the regret. That is very powerful and incredibly self-limiting, as you're saying, and incredibly sad because that means I'm only going to be as good as my last mistake. Yeah, and you know what comes to mind is not only what we're hearing in the secular world, uh, news, media, songs, what we're reading, all of that. Think about all the years if you've grown up in some sort of dysfunctional family environment and maybe there was verbal abuse and somebody was telling you, you know, you're this, you're that. That's really hard that that can be, to use my own right. language, that can be really hard to break through. But we can, if we begin to feed, I, I guess here's, here's what I think, as, as I was about to say, as we feed our mind, you said our souls are seeking. And something within our souls knows this. And if we're seeking, I mean, the self-help section of the bookstore is huge. Right. And, and growing and, and growing. And in the pandemic, it was like billions of dollars. I mean, <laughs> well, what about going to the Bible, the truth, not seeking all what people say in the secular world? Yeah. Man's view of man. How about yeah. just getting God's view of man? And when we talk to Pastor Steve uh, about this subject, uh, he is our ministry pastor. And we always try to include his perspective on our messages And he said, what's interesting is to focus more on God's view of us than our view of us. And And it's so interesting because a variable within an equation can't solve an equation. Yeah. We are in the maze 
And so we can't very well ask each other directions because we're all in the maze. And so let's get a picture from God who has this look down opportunity of the maze, who made the maze, who made us. And he can say, dude, this is how you get out of this maze. And this is what I think of you and your amazing opportunity. You made some fantastic points. Uh, The self-help section of the bookstore is a sad thing to think about because with the best intentions, we are trying to guide each other around in this maze and sometimes effectively in certain areas, but not when it's not referenced to God. So you make another good point about reference the Bible first and foremost. And and by all means, I'm not dissing the self-help book (laughs) section because I hope my book will be in there soon. So, but... Still, uh, and I feel like I'm a walking embodiment of this process of change, of moving to worth, but God's worth, the truest worth, uh, by sinking my eyes and my body and my everything into the Bible. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, folks, my perspective, as you know, if you've listened to the show a lot, is not so much a religious one. I don't come to this uh, in religion. I come to this in awe of this amazing God who loves us so much, who sees the best in us and helps us over these hurdles we often create for ourselves. And I hope you're going to stay with us. We're going to be back in the second segment to look a little deeper into this with Christy Mendelo, <laughs> our uh, expert on transformational coaching. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We are in our Fullness of Faith series talking about the process of faith and how if we just dedicate ourselves to the process, God will have his way. And he will have his way in circumstances. He will have his way in this world. And if we let him, he will have his way in us. And that will shape all of the good that we can do. So we're talking about loving yourself. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. you got to love yourself. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how as a Marine officer, in peacetime, my first concern is for my Marines. My concern is for their welfare and the welfare of their families and ultimately in preparation for war. But in peacetime, I'm taking care of all of those needs so that they'll be ready to fight. In wartime, the mission comes first. 
To that end, I would commit those Marines and actually place them in harm's way as necessary. And of course, I would do so with the utmost care. My point is that the truest love is to prepare them in peacetime for the hardships of war. Hardships in training as I prepare them for war would be an act of real love prior to placing them in harm's way to prepare them. And we have a saying in the Marine Corps, the more you sweat in peacetime, the less you bleed in wartime. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about God's love for us, his unrelenting love. He finds us where we are in all of the circumstances of our lives, some good, some bad, some created, some thrust upon us. And while we are yet sinners, he comes to find us. This idea that you have to be clean and good and right is nonsensical. And the irony is the devil's telling us that we have to be good. Like, okay, devil. (laughs) And that's not the case because he found us while we were yet sinners and sacrificed his son for us to build a bridge back home to him. And now we're in this place where he is preparing each of us for our contribution on the spiritual battlefield of this world. And that preparation is often difficult. He allows us to be subjected to hardships. We know that faith is like a muscle, and it's strengthened by use and, and youth. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's uh, sometimes we confuse his loving preparations in the struggles of our lives for chastisement. And I think that is because of the devil's whisperings in our ears, which make negative things so easy to believe. I don't know why that is, that negative things are so much easier to believe than positive things. But the point here is, if, as Pastor Steve said, consider first what God thinks of you rather than what the world thinks of you, I would just say we are so loved in in every mess that we make. Yeah, we are. And I think the thing I really want to say right now is, is that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, if you're listening out there, really, really hear that because what you've probably heard is, or or could have heard, um, if you haven't come to Christ, if you aren't, you know, drinking in the word is something a little bit different and that whispering of the devil. Uh, so first and foremost, know that God's God's a, a loving God, uh, and, and a, a fear. A lot of people think he's he's out there, but just look at what what she doing wrong next, right? And so I think first you got to get there, and and once you know that he is for you, not against you, then now that you're hearing this, is understand the mind again. And I know I always go back to it, but. There's a thing called reframing of the mind, and it, it literally, I, I kind of can water it down, but if you think of your mind as a field with, and, and you're walking in this field day after day after day, it creates a rut from point A to point B. If we, in fact, change direction, that rut recovers. It grows grass again, and we create a new rut. Our brain is like that, too. It takes time. It can take months. It can take up to 18 months. I'm sure there's studies show all sorts of different months. You've probably heard 21 days creates a habit. Uh, There are data points and so forth that say differently. It takes longer or what have you. But the fact of the matter is the other thing I want 
listeners to hear is that you can change your thinking. And that's what I responded to you first with was why, why do we think, why are we thinking these thoughts? Why is it so hard to uh, love ourselves? It's because of our thinking and we can change that. And so what we end up doing, speaking of the whole fighting and battle and blood, (laughs) is we put ourselves in a boxing ring and I was journaling this week and uh, in a devotional kind of preparing for this. And, you know, if we can put ourselves in the boxing ring to, to verbally beat ourselves up, we can also put ourselves in a ring with God and his word. And so now that we know all that, we can make the choice. And I'm and huge on things. choice. Yeah, I'm a walk. I'm going to say it again. I'm a walking embodiment of it. I had a bit more of a negative mind when I was younger. And through all of the, the things I've gone through in life, I've been remade, reshaped, and mostly because of God's word. I think therefore I am. Uh, as you were speaking, what came to me was Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. And in this book of the law, it's a love story. As Pastor Aaron said last week, Yeah. our creator made us and he loves us. And I want to be the father to my son that he is to us in his unrelenting, uh, just cleansing, empowering uh, love. And so you make a great point about if we focus on that, if we jump out of the ruts that have been made for us by uh, society, you know, uh, Scripture says that narrow is the way that leads to Christ and wide is the way that leads to ruin and many have uh, trod it. And so now there's this big wide path. Right. And let us take the road less traveled as we make a new path and reframe our mind and let that be in the, the constant repetition with each step that we are loved by God. And that constant repetition requires a choice. And in choice, it requires us letting go of some things and letting go of, um, you know, and not, I'm not saying big things. People often don't want to let go of things, but, you know, rolling out of bed in the morning, kneeling and praying with your Bible. And a lot of people may think that that's not uh, a big thing, but day after day after day of doing that, feeding your brain turning off the secular stations of this world. And, and I was, I'm reminded of a song. Matter of fact, I woke up to this song this morning. I absolutely love it. Uh, Elevation worship. It's called uh, Jaira. And the chorus says, I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved. I'm more than I could imagine. And that is enough. And when you go into that repetition and the more that you seek his word, the more you want the word and the more it renews your mind, which is exactly what the word says. Yeah, you know, in our efforts to be modest and to not be vain and to not be self-involved, we sometimes don't water the spirit that will bear the fruit. And as you were talking Scripture came to mind, John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, which say, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And what came to my mind as you were saying that is, in ourselves, we have to prune these ideas that aren't being fruitful. We've got to cut off these uh, negative conversations and sometimes you're brushing your teeth and you look in the mirror and you start having this conversation or hearing words that have been said and you can't not think about something. So you have to cut that off and think about something else, whether you turn on some praise worship on your phone or maybe you're listening to the Bible. But just as he prunes the the branches that aren't productive, and remember even Jesus on his way into Jerusalem said to the the tree that produced no figs, uh, that it's going to be uh, ashes. So, negative self-talk gets in the way of us loving ourselves and thinking enough of ourselves to think that we can be participants in God's kingdom and bring good to others. Speaking of Scripture, I mean, that's another reason, memorizing Scripture, and I'm not as good at it as you, you're like an amazing superhero of memorizing scripture. Uh, but so for me, I keep it around me. I keep it on my phone. I have reminders on my phone. Some people can't stand reminders on their phone, but there's all sorts of ways. Even just, um, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made when that negative self-talk comes in, then you're repeating that. And uh, But I've, I've found a quote this, this morning when I was uh, preparing a little bit more for today's show and it's in my bible and it's it's uh i love my bible it's kind of almost falling apart but i think everybody should have a bible that's that's really tattered because i've studied it so much and i i got it when i was um baptized this latest last time i got baptized in a new church but it had this in it and it kind of goes goes with what you were saying this quote and it's the new believers bible greg Laurie is the general editor It is only when the bulb of a tulip goes into the ground and dies that a beautiful flower can grow in its place. Yeah, we got to get rid of some of the old stuff. I was looking at this room of men the other night, like I said, uh, and I was just amazed as you stand up there as a speaker and you can just look at people and they're looking at you and you see them in all of their different shapes and sizes and hearts and minds and potential and they've got all these different experiences and all these different hurts and all of these different challenges. And as I looked there at these men, I was just feeling such love for all the different things that they were. And the scripture that came to mind is, we are all sinners. We are all struggling. We're all covered up in mud. God said that though you are like crimson, I will make you white as snow. Mm, My favorite. And so I hope you'll stay with us. I hope uh, you'll hear that uh, the love that we have for ourselves is all the good that we can do for others. Come on back after this break. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. 
Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and we are interviewing Christy today. She's wearing two hats, the wingman hat and the coaching hat, and we're talking to her about self-love in the biblical sense, not the bookstore sense, not the... um, Self-help. Yeah, not the... Not the worldly way (laughs) where we're all narcissistic and entitled and... Actually, that happens in the church where the prosperity gospel tells people uh, about the fact that we're here uh, for you and it's going to be great. And this is actually all about you. But what I would ask in that instance is, does the Marine Corps exist for the Marine or does the Marine exist for the Marine Corps? Mm. And the Marine Corps exists to accomplish the nation's missions. And those Marines exist for the Marine Corps and for the good that they can do. And it's the same with us in God's kingdom. God loves us, he redeems us, he trains us, he prepares us lovingly for the good that we can do. And our quote of the day is actually from the last verse of one of my favorite poems by George Banks called What I Live For. And I think it explains the process of loving ourselves in order to be the people that Jesus needs us to be to do the work set out for us. And it goes like this. I live for those who love me, whose hearts are kind and true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too, for the cause that lacks assistance, for the wrong that needs resistance, for the future in the distance, and the good that I can do. Mm. So it's about the good that we can do. Yeah. And guess what? We're all messed up. 
Right. <laughs> and by the way, most of the time, the good that you can do is predicated on where you've been. Yeah. So I can't complain about having been to Afghanistan and Iraq a couple times because now I can talk to people about courageous uh, Christianity. And I can't complain about being a divorce coach because I say this often. I wouldn't be a divorce coach if I hadn't gone through a divorce. And that's such an irony that we lament our mistakes and these regrets. And yet, in Christ, when we see ourselves filled with potential, even though we're flawed, then we can bring that to others. So it's no wonder the devil tries to get in there and limit that. Of course. And we often see it, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? They say, and we don't necessarily see it while we're in the things that are shaping us. But if, if you hear this and you test it <laughs> and you live long enough, you'll see time and time again that, you know, what comes to mind is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Each and everything, that's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. each and everything that happens to you is shaping you and, and can shape you for good. And, and, but I think our nature, because we can see it when we get out of it, right? We can see it, hindsight's twenty twenty, but when we're in the middle of it, we're, oh, woe is me, poor me, I did this, we're back in the boxing ring. But if we learn to trust over time, and I'm going to go back, I know I sound like I'm a broken record, we go back to the word. I, I remember the day. Uh, I I really think it was like April 14th, 2000, that I was going through yet another broken relationship. Um, I, I, I talked about myself being a little bit more negative back then. And I, I just, I, I put my hand on the Bible and I was sitting in my old room in my house that I grew up in. I had moved back in with my parents. I just because of this broken relationship, and I put my hand on the Bible, I looked up at God, and I said, okay, I'm done. And from there on out, I just continued. I mean, how many years later? 22? Am I doing math right? And I I can remember I turned on the music. I didn't choose back then 104 KRBE or whatever. I chose a station like this, KKHT, and other Christian stations, and I started filling my ears with that. I started seeking the word, and that word just so reshaped my heart. Yeah, uh, you said so much. If you're hearing this, and you're in a place of recrimination, you're in a place of compiling this list of all the things that you've done wrong, and the devil's right there helping you, whispering in your ear, telling you you didn't do this right, and you're not enough of this, and don't forget about this, and then there was this thing. Or maybe you've got people around you who are saying things like that. Keep in mind, the creator of the universe thinks amazing things about you, and he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And he is shaping you and pruning you for works of service so that you can go and help other people. And the way you will help other people is with the self-knowledge. So when I think of repentance... Mm. Paul talked about in his weakness, he was strong because that's where God was. Right. And so we are so averse to true repentance as humans and in this nation, so narcissistic, so entitled. 
when we stand in the glare of the truth and drop the guard and say, Lord, I messed this up and I know I didn't do this well. Help me to be more than I was yesterday. And he is right there in that fight with us. Yeah. And so another reason about just being honest in repentance is not only that it's the beginning of the rest of your life at the foot of the cross in Christ, but it also helps you to make friends with the things that you haven't done well. Not that we should glory in our mistakes, but let us at least have them be the beginning of the future. I would guess many people think when they, if they were to go to God like that, humbled on their knees and like lay it all out there that he's going to come back and yep you did this wrong you did this wrong but folks i mean i'm here to tell you that's the greatest most beautiful thing you could ever do is the 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 washing uh that comes over you when his love just in, invades your soul i mean it's just all over you when when he's the kindest most gentlest um yeah, he's not in the I told you so business. Not at all. Unless, so of many... course, it, it's part of the pruning. Well. In which case, it's in love. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something comes to mind, uh, as we know, I haven't talked about him in a while, but love uh, Pastor Rick Warren. Uh, it's Never an, heard of him. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. an exercise I've done, and I think it works really well if you take a page and uh, you may, again, a little test here, take a page, draw a line down the middle, and write what's going on on the left and have God speak to you on the right and write that down. You're going to find that God gives you what you need to hear. He speaks to your heart. He loves you so much. And just let the Holy Spirit come through you. And he will just tell you, you know, my daughter, my son, I love you. Stick with me. I'm for you. I'm not against you. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Imagine the exercise if you took a piece of paper and you wrote all the things about yourself that you like. Oh, that are productive, that could be used in the kingdom of God. Here's a bizarre thing. I'm going to say this, and you're not going to believe me. I think I've said it before, but I used to really dislike something <laughs> about myself, even as, as to go so far as to say I used to not like myself. And do you know the reason? I do, but do you want me to say it? <laughs> the reason is because I talk too much. How nuts is that? <laughs> I used to literally... And now you have a talk show. <laughs> I, I used to... This This is just how good the devil is. I used to literally hate myself because I talk too much. And people who know me know I talk a lot. But I wasn't talking about Jesus and I wasn't talking about the love of God. I was just talking about the wrong things. And when I found Jesus and I realized that this thing I hated about myself the whole time was actually part of my purpose on this planet for right. for what God wanted... Imagine how agonizing that must have been for God, where I'm laboring (laughs) with this, oh, I hate myself, Ah. I talk too much. And he's like, dude, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I made you to talk. You know what's interesting? I don't know if God says dude, by the way. Well, maybe. (laughs) He speaks to you and your, I mean, obviously there's the word in the black and white, but you're going to hear what he puts on your heart. Uh, I had a friend that told me years ago when maybe I was into some sort of self um, deprecating stream, whatever. And he, he actually said, you know, you're, you're breaking God's heart when you speak that way about yourself. Wow. I think that's very true. Um, so what's the purpose of an apple tree? To get apples. Thank you. <laughs> purpose of an apple tree is to bear fruit. 
that fruit is called apples. The purpose of a human, the purpose of a human loved by Christ, the purpose of a Christian is to bear fruit. That fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 remind us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what that's saying is that when the love of Jesus is within you, and when you allow him to transform you, when you allow his voice to be the voice that you listen to, then the fruit of the Spirit will uh, overflow, and you will provide this fruit for the nourishment of everybody around you. It's absolutely true. And uh, I live for those who love me, whose hearts are kind and true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too, for the wrong that needs resistance, for the cause that lacks assistance, for the future in the distance, and the good that I can do. It's just so amazing that when we cut ourselves off, when we cut ourselves off from the vine, Jesus is the vine. We are branches grafted in. When we cut ourselves off from the vine with negative talk, there is just no chance of us bearing the fruit that he wants so much for us to know because it produces peace for us and good for the world. And he is God. He is good. He is love. And the best thing we can do is trust the fact that we are worthy of his love, which makes us pretty special, and then get focused on the good that we can do. We're going to come back and talk about that in the final segment. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and I'm a radio show host who used to hate themselves because I thought I talked too much. So that's how good the devil is at his job. And in fact, all the good that I can do comes from the fact that I want nothing more than to talk to you about the love of Jesus. And in that love, all the good that we can do. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 say, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. We are being redeemed and restored and equipped for works of service, for the good that we can do. And if we listen to the wrong voice, we will hear what's wrong with us or how we shouldn't. And a lot of times, the things that we think are wrong with us are actually the entire purpose of our time and our hardship and what God has planned for us. And he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. So, Christy has a quote 
that I would like to hear because she said uh, it kind of has to do with me and the, the step that I had to take in faith to be a radio show host and say, guess what? I don't talk too much. Yeah. It's an awesome quote, and somebody gave it to me as I was, uh, I guess you'd call, blooming and blossoming. Um, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. That's Elizabeth Apple. That is so brilliant, because remember the other day we were talking about how even though somebody might not like where they are, they still won't seek change, because that that change is risk, and it's uh, probably going to be painful. Uh, in the gym, if you lift the same weight every day, you won't get stronger. You've got to lift heavier weight, and guess what? You're going to be a little sore tomorrow. Right. So uh, interesting, the risk to blossom. And what if you find out you talk too much and you actually weren't a very good radio show host, and then you really did just talk too much? <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, that might be another. <laughs> that would be bad. Could I read you a scripture that... Uh, came to me, Psalm 23, uh, midway down Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And a lot of people read that my cup overflows differently than I do. When I hear my cup overflows, what I hear is God has prepared this banquet He's dealt with your enemies, and now he's poured so much into you that it's enough to overflow onto the people around you, and so that they can benefit from all of this. Uh, You can't keep a, a, a light under a bushel. Let your light so shine before men. And the idea is that we glorify God. So he puts these amazing gifts in you. He uses challenges to shape those gifts, and then you don't want to do... Uh, his work because you are listening to the wrong voice that's telling you you talk too much or you're not enough or you're divorced or you're not a good father or you've made these mistakes and it's just not how it works. Think about Pastor Aaron talking about uh, where he came from and where he is now, this amazing, effusive, bubbling, joyful Christian who wants nothing more than to talk to people about the love of God that saved him. Yeah, uh, you know, the light was what, uh, when you were talking about um, well, the light shining through, that cup overflowing, I thought about that. When you let that love penetrate your heart, uh, it renews not only your heart, it renews your mind. And that light just infuses in, in everything in your body and in your life, and then it shines out. And Pastor Aaron's a great uh, absolutely great example. And I think we all can be. So, you know, I think if someone's listening uh, today and they're in this place like, okay, I, I've been thinking these thoughts, but now they're hearing what we're saying. They're hearing you can change your thoughts. Then how do you do that, right? Maybe this is the, this is their time to to make this change, but they're probably like, I don't know how to do this. And I would just say, look at what's maybe going right in your world. Look at what's going maybe not so right in your world. Look at the fruits of the Spirit. What is your life producing? And then look at that and and 
you know, we talked about the repentance, coming to Christ, going uh, at the foot of the cross, laying that there, knowing he's for you, not against you, and asking him. It's not up to you. It's up to him. Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this? Go to that exercise. Put the line down the paper. Write that on that paper. What will he tell you? Next thing you know, you might have a radio show. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm not sure what to make of that last comment, <laughs> but you make a very good point. So the Marine Corps trains Marines by putting obstacles in front of them. Those obstacles might be a run or a 25-mile hike or a wall. I remember at officer candidate school, you had to climb this wall. And if you think about the current obstacles in your life, if God has allowed them to be placed there, Think about what it would take to get over that obstacle. So first it would take faith, faith that you're going to make that obstacle for good. Second, ask yourself, what else would it take? Because that might be the very thing that God is trying to strengthen in you. Right. So I told you before, I um, was in deep financial trouble. I prayed to win the lottery. I didn't win the lottery, but God found me another job. And... Uh, then uh, the airline that I fly for went bankrupt, and it was that other job that kept uh, yeah. the family going and kept my boat afloat. So uh, think about what obstacles are in front of you, what it will take to overcome those. And that's when you realize if this wall is in front of you, and if you want to hang on to all this baggage, it's going to make it real hard to climb over that wall. So let's just go ahead and drop that baggage and say, Lord, I trust that this wall is here for a reason. This is what I think it will take to get over the wall. Help me. And then know that he's doing a work in you, and that when you get over that wall, the other side's going to look completely different, and one day you'll be helping somebody else over that wall. I think the visual imagery is great there. uh, Again, as I was preparing, I came to mind a movie, City of Angels, and there's a line in it that's always struck me, I can't see you, but I know you're there. And this person is actually talking to God. I think it may be hard sometimes that we can't see God, but the word is black and white. And when, when you're helping them, like you're giving them that visual image, like, okay, here's the obstacle. Uh, The the path is actually through the obstacle. And we don't really know that, but when we can trust in the Lord and we can trust in that black and white word, and put one foot in front of the other, as I say, tiny baby steps, that mind renews. And, you know, six months later, we're looking back and can't even believe what we've accomplished in God's strength. Yeah, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. That's that's the way a warrior thinks. And you're a warrior, and we're on a spiritual battlefield. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God is doing a work in you. And whatever those obstacles are, are the way when we trust in him, when we decide I'm just going to live this day the best I can and I will allow or ask God to control the outcomes and whatever those outcomes are, I will be satisfied because I don't want anything that isn't God's will. So if I'd have won the lottery and it wasn't God's will, I don't want it. Take it away from me because it's just a million or two million or three million more things between me and God. 
God's will is always better. And so the obstacle is the way, and if it's not his will, I don't want it. So why agonize about the outcome when all I have to do is apply myself to the process in his love and right where I am? He doesn't ask for perfect people. Remember, he turned away from the Pharisees who pretended to be perfect, and he turned away from the powerful Romans, and instead he came to us, the sinners, the broken, the struggling, and that is our amazing opportunity in Christ, and that's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from John chapter 15, verse 8, which says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the light that you shine before men, is all that glorifies God. And when you give credit to God, and people say, I want what he has. How did you get it? God gave it to me. And then they know that they can find that in God too. And it's the truth. Because when God is glorified, people will seek him. And when people seek to know God, they will be restored and healed of the wounds of this earth and freed from the chains of sin, all by faith in Christ. It's by faith. And then they too will be able to serve him as an outpouring of their heart's true gratitude. And I really want you to hear that as an outpouring of our heart's true gratitude that we've been restored. Remember, Jesus talked about the men who owed money. And he said, who is more grateful, the one who owed a little or the one who owed a lot? And the answer was, of course, the one who owed a lot. And so for those of us who are incredibly flawed and we come to Jesus and he lifts us up, That tremendous gratitude is what compels all the opportunity that we have in his name. So that true gratitude and that love of God will shine through all of us as we are restored, and then others will come to know God, and they will be restored. In this way, eventually, every knee will bend to Jesus in love and reverence or by the force of the truth. And all of this begins with us, restored, encouraged, mature in faith, equipped for works of service, spreading the gospel, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And that's courageous Christianity. So, Christy, final thoughts. Oh, I'm just thinking of where where it all begins is, is at the foot of the cross and just repenting, laying it down. Um, that's just the beginning. And beginnings are beautiful. Amazing. Uh, That repentance is the beginning of the rest of your life, and it's a good life. And in that life, we have peace and abundant life. So, friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, or on CourageousChristianity.today, or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.